0: The Just Podcast is brought to you by ReCity Network. ReCity is the Triangle's hub for social impact. If you're interested in learning more about ReCity, start by booking a tour at recitynetwork.org. recitynetwork.org is also where you can go to subscribe to their monthly newsletter or make a donation to support ReCity's work. The website, again, is recitynetwork.org.
1: Before we get started, we wanted to let you know that we're tackling some tough subjects today. And just like we take a moment to check in with ourselves, we're going to encourage you to do the same. We talk about subjects like incarceration and lynching, and we want to be sensitive to your needs. These are heavy topics, so make sure you show up for yourself if needed. You're listening to Just, stories about the people working to build thriving communities rooted in justice, a part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network in partnership with ReCity and Coastal Credit Union. I'm Jess Averhart, co-founder of Black Wall Street Homecoming.
0: And I'm Rob Shields, executive director of the ReCity Network.
1: All right, look, so here's why we're here. We're here to get proximate, we're here to listen, we're here to process, and we're here to help you process.
0: But here's what we're not gonna do. We're not gonna be preachy because we don't have all the answers and we will never make you feel like an outsider.
1: Keeping with the theme of sharing, we always want to acknowledge the whole person, and that starts with our personal, personal check-in. Let's do
0: it. All right, welcome back, Jess. Thank welcome you. Back. It's
1: good to see you. Part we two. Made Long it. time no see. We made it out of part one. Woo!
0: We made it. That's right. If you are listening in and you are at part two and have not heard part one, you press pause. You're go gonna back. want you're gonna want some context, I yeah, think. You need to go so back. go back, yeah, there's a lot there, and I think it frames up the next part of our conversation. But yeah, we gotta follow true to form. Personal check-in time. Yes. How are you doing? What is new in all things, Jess?
1: Well, I made another trip around the sun, as people like to say on my timeline. On <sighs> Listening Facebook. to your life
0: makes me feel like
1: I, <laughs> I just don't do much. Listen, I true. had a birthday. You have one of those. That's I mean, we all we all get to. How trip, was the birthday trip around the sun? It was cool. I had the best. Um, you know, I my birthday is the time when I get to when I sit back and I am like forcibly reminded. Of how loved I am, you mm. know what I mean. People love you, mm. and and they will take the time on your birthday to remind you. And I feel loved all the time, but it was just like wow, very grateful. I have an incredible family and friends. We went bowling, fun, of which you were not there.
0: I want my. I was there in spirit. Did you feel my spirit there? No. No. I did not. I appreciate the invitation. I wanted to be there. My (laughs) wife and I were like, I was emailing back and forth like, hey, how do we make this work? Okay.
1: Well, that's. I will keep that in mind next time. I I
0: I wanted to be there. I hope you know that.
1: Okay. Well, I I take that. I accept it. That love. Remember? I felt the love. (laughs) I felt the love. Thanks for asking. How about you?
0: Oh, man. 2020 has been a rough start for us. We got the stomach bug coming through our whole family. Uh, My my two-year-old son broke his leg. At the sliding down a plastic slide at the YMCA. So that was fun. What? At two. Yeah. Did I not tell you about this? No. So he was in a cast for five <laughs> weeks. Two year olds are fun anyway. Mm-hmm. Right? Like take away the broken leg part. Yeah. But then you immobilize them where they can't walk,
1: uh-huh. and
0: can't all of a imagine. sudden your life just gets turned upside, upside down. down. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Wow. so that was fun. It's off now. So my, my personal update is the cast is off. Yay! Our son is back to his, his awesome troublesome self. Troublesome
1: self. self. And i will jump off a couch and be right back where he was. Right. We're
0: trying to not go down any slides anytime soon. Okay. okay.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, good. I'm glad that your family is healthy. Thank you. And that all is well in Shields' household. So and we'll be ready for yeah there's not really a way to bridge
0: uh, broken legs and birthdays into this conversation so we're just gonna have to do a hard pivot
1: So we are going to talk about part two. Mm -hmm. In part one, we really looked at Just Mercy in this movie that really focuses on mass incarceration and the injustices in our justice system. Mm -hmm. And so, Satana DeBerry, we are grateful that you are here. Thank you for joining us and helping us bring some nuance to this
2: topic. Thank you for having me. This is a great opportunity to talk about uh, this kind of stuff. And. A broader way.
1: So for our listeners, she is Durham County's DA, the district attorney for Durham County. She's also a mama of three. And then last year, I pledged Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, and she is also my soror, but for so many reasons, a friend, uh, I admire her a great deal. I've known her for many years when she was with North Carolina Housing Coalition, Satana DeBerry, why don't we level set so our audience can get to know you a little bit better? So why don't you tell us your just kind of a little bit about your background? And then I'm assuming that as part of that story, you're going to tell us like why this matters to you. You could do anything professionally that you want. Why? Why do you focus in this work around justice? So A little your story and then your why?
2: Yeah, sure. So I am a native of Hamlet, North Carolina, which is a little bitty town in southeast. North Carolina. It's in Richmond County. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, my mother grew up in Hamlet and is a native of Richmond County. My father grew up in neighbor, neighboring Scotland County. That is where I grew up and kind of really where my view of the world began, yeah. right? So, both my parents were school teachers. I come from a long line of school teachers. My grandparents were school teachers. You know, I'm third generation college, which is a really different thing for an African-American, especially for a rural African-American. And I also grew up in the community in which my family was enslaved. That community shaped who I was to become. So as all kids want to do, I wanted to leave that place. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. (laughs) And so I went to college at Princeton. In New Jersey spent four years there ended up back here in North Carolina at law school at Duke Mm -hmm. as all Duke lawyers of my time did I went to DC and practiced for a little bit okay but decided to come back home and uh, practice law and so I when I came back home I literally went back to Richmond County okay opened a practice with a childhood friend of mine Stephanie and Biggs and started practicing law and so for about four years four or five years I represented people in criminal court and in all phases, really, of criminal defense work. So misdemeanors, felonies, I represented people in two capital murder cases. I also represented juveniles Mm -hmm. in uh, delinquency court. I represented parents in abuse, neglect, and dependency cases. And uh, one of the things that really became clear to me while I was doing this work was that there was, you know, I've already told you, you know, I've got these really this great education, I'm third generation college. But what really separated me from these folks was luck. Mm-hmm. Right? Wow. Luck. Was luck. Hmm. Because remember I'm in my hometown. So these these aren't just clients, these are people whose histories I know. Mm-hmm. So I know I know them from school. I know their parents. I know their grandparents. I know where they live. You know, I would have clients come knock on my door on Sunday morning mm-hmm. and say, "Hey, I need you to do this. I, you know, I need help doing that." And so I knew their stories, right? Right? And so and I knew they weren't bad people. I knew that for some of them they couldn't get out they had no opportunity to get out of that place and so they made the choices that they made based on that lack of opportunity and you know it had it had a deep impact on me i also started to realize that i was really not doing anything hmm. right by the time people got to me they were on the cliff about mm-hmm. to go over, right? Mm-hmm. They'd been failed by one public system after another. And my job uh, was just to push them a little bit further back from the cliff this time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right? But there were so many things leading towards that cliff um, that the work that I was doing was, I was part of the churn. Mm-hmm.
0: That segues really well into kind of the topic we were talking about, which is this film, just mercy, right? In, in many ways, this is creating exposure for issues of which you are re- very, very proximate. So maybe not a necessarily n- a new topic to you for on a number of different levels, right? But would love to just kick it off to hear what were your thoughts about the movie and and especially the movie release, the timing of the film coming out now.
2: Well, I think folks like Brian Stevenson been doing this work forever. Right. Right. The whole history of the Republic, we've had defense attorneys who see the challenge and represent one client at a time. And while that is yeoman's work, Mm. and they are often the good guys in this system, it is still one story at a time. and. Systemic change does not, unfortunately, happen one person at a time. Like we like to say, as Americans, we like to say, well, we take this, we just do this one little piece and that leads to the next little piece. But what happens is you do this one little piece and then there's another little piece and then another little piece and they don't all add up, Mm. right? At least not from that side of the system, right? On that side of the system, you get the clients that you get, they come with the challenges and the life stories that they come with, and you have to work with that. Your responsibility as a defense attorney is the best interest of that particular client. Mm-hmm. And that is not always the best interest of everyone who might be similarly situated. And so, I think you know Brian Stevenson has said he started to see that he was doing this work almost in isolation. Mm-hmm and that people needed to understand it at a scale that he was unable to replicate one client at a time, Hmm. which is how the museum and the memorial came to pass, and um, how this, this movie has come to pass, is that it's a lot easier to ask people to go down to their local movie theater and see this movie, or turn on Netflix or Prime Video and watch it, and see the impact that the system has on each individual.
0: You spoke at a town hall recently about your client. And I think this quote is is something I'd love for you to unpack for our listeners. You said you're always trying for the best outcomes for victims, but your real client is justice. Could you unpack that for, for us a little bit? What did you mean by that?
2: Yeah. So the, the district attorney's office the, represents the people of Durham County. The job of the prosecutor's office is not to just blindly prosecute crime, it is to seek truth and find justice. Mm. And you know, we l- live in a system we, where people think of a lawyer, think of lawyers as having a client, right? And so, each individual defend- defendant has a client, and often victims will say, "Well, you're my lawyer, mm-hmm. right? So you have to do what I say because you're my lawyer." But that's not, that's not true, that's not my role. I represent the people of the state of North Carolina. That's all the people of the state of North Carolina. And that means that what we're looking for is accountability. Sometimes that accountability is prison. Sometimes that accountability is not. Um, and so we are always trying to think about how do we get to the most just outcome? to an outcome in which we acknowledge the harm that has been done to victims and hold defendants accountable while still holding the humanity of those defendants in front of us, Mm -hmm. right? They are also members of our community as well. That's right. And they have certain rights and constitutional rights. And if we don't take those rights seriously, who does? And uh, it's not easy. And it is fraught with moral peril but that's why we talk about justice and not about just yeah you know the victim just not just about the one this one outcome Mm -hmm.
0: we'll bring you more just podcast right after this
1: what are you losing sleep over what are you worrying about right now like how do you how are you how are you doing (laughs) (laughs) How am I doing? I really mean that as a friend. And um, I, I really mean that. Like, how are you doing? And what are you thinking about these days?
2: Yeah. So I'll answer that in two ways. It's really interesting when I, the work that I used to do, I tell people three years ago, I was brilliant. Right, everybody wanted to talk to me. They loved the work I did, and uh, but once I, you know, now that I am the (laughs) district attorney, I'm an idiot. Uh, You know, I had a, a certain level of profile in the work that I did, but certainly not like being a public official. Right. And so, from going from being a private citizen to being a public official, who people question literally everything you do. Yep, that is tough. That is tough. And, but to the extent that I lose sleep, I think the, the dirty little secret of the criminal justice system is that we talk a lot about brown, black and brown people who are impacted as defendants. The dirty little secret is that we are also the victims. And so we are in a system in which like real harm is done to black and brown people on both sides. Mm. If you're the victim of a violent crime, it is more likely that it was somebody you knew. Mm. Right? People, uh, stranger murderers are rare. Mm-hmm. Stranger rapes are rare. They do happen, but they're rare. Yeah, You know, most women, if you're going to be murdered, you're going to be murdered by your intimate partner. Mm-hmm. So it's somebody close to you who can do the most harm because most of us aren't going to let a stranger that close to us. So the way we are culturally, that means you, because we live amongst people of the same race and ethnicity, our intimate partners are people of the same race and ethnicity, and our children are the same race and ethnicity, that we are the ones most likely to do harm to each other. Uh, And so that's the part of this job that that keeps me awake.
1: You can see that.
2: Yeah. Is what do we do? How do we as a community heal from the ways in which we have been the victims? Mm-hmm. Not just to, you know, not just of this system, but of each other mm-hmm. and, and what the system creates mm-hmm. in our communities. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Thank you for sharing that. I think it's really powerful and to name the limitations any one person has, right? Even someone like, that's in your space advocating for for change but understanding that that you know these are deeper roots than any one person can pull up having said that if if you could if you could wave a magic wand and just make it all just make the wrongs be made right you know n- not knowing that that might not be realistic but just if you if you had to be able to if you had the ability to change the criminal justice system in in a way that would be most significant what would your hope be? What are you waving that wand over?
2: I think if if I had to wave a magic wand, I don't know that I would raise wave it over the criminal justice system. Mm. I would probably wave it over, you know, just these systems that impact us really young in life, right? So I'd want... Um, you know, better healthcare and better, better education for kids, right? And I want access to opportunity for even the kid with the least amount of, you know, with the, the least amount of money, with the least amount, you know, with parents with no connections and who's disabled or who has some cognitive delays or whatever, the person who is the most challenged in our system to be able to enter life on the same footing mm. as anybody else. Mm. Mm. And I think the criminal justice system would take care of itself mm. if we did that.
0: Almost seeing it as a as a symptom.
2: Yeah, we're to, just of something that is much more of a root tracing back to the root. Yeah, one of the things that bothers me the most about the criminal justice system is that um, people expect us to, fin- to fix through punishment what we didn't bother to put together to start with. Mm-hmm. So, people want on the back end us to punish people who act out in, in ways that are aggressive uh, when they're adults when maybe as a child they were screaming the whole time mm-hmm. that I needed help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And nobody wanted to give them help but now we want to punish them for not being able to act the way that we want them to act in public or um, to do the things that we want them to do. And it's just too late. Like we're really just, we're not making people's lives better in the end. One of the most powerful things I've ever heard from victims is that for some of them, like they don't want people to go to prison either, right? Because remember the victims often come from these same communities. Hmm. Right, so they've seen the impact of mass incarceration on their communities. They've seen the impact of lack of access to mental health care or mm-hmm. substance abuse treatment. These are they are people, right? For lack of a better term, so they know the impact of it. But we don't give them any other choice other than prison. Yeah. Right? They say for you to get what you need out of this system, this person has to go to the prison. And victims sometimes find that that doesn't work. They don't feel better after somebody's gone to prison, right? Mm. What they really want to know is, why did you choose me? Why did you hurt me? Mm. And we don't have those answers for them. Mm. There's no
0: way to put a period on this sentence or this conversation, nor should we. Jess refers to them as a show-up moment. For our listeners, how, if you were to pick one way, they could show up. I mean, there's so much that you have unpacked for us today that, I mean, re-listening for the episode might be one (laughs) just because there's so much that you don't want to miss. But what's a way that they could take a step and, and show up with this information that you have shared with us today?
2: I would say learn about the ways in which inequity, racial inequity operates in our society. Talk to, like for white people, talk to other white people about it. Black people talk to other black people. You know, we make this assumption that black people understand racism and prejudice and privilege because we're black. We don't always have the tools to even talk about it or to even um, navigate it in our own lives. So we need to show up for it, too. But white people especially um, need to. Just have these conversations out loud. I'm in um a Facebook group of lawyer moms, and it's huge. It's like thirteen thousand women worldwide. Wow. And you know it ranges from talking about what to where to work to these really heavy issues of privilege and inequality and sexism. And invariably, there'll be some conversation where somebody says, uh, you know, my my child is too young to know about that. Mm. And what I would in- encourage everybody to do is your child is not too young to know. You should be always talking about race and always talking about the impact of it. Mm. Always, because that's why we don't we don't have memorials because we don't talk about it. Right. Mm-hmm. So you know,
1: let's just talk so about it. So dig, yep. dig in. That's what you're saying. Dig in. Don't be afraid. Yeah. Yep. And I loved what you said. You said talk about it out loud. Talk about it out, out loud. loud. Get comfortable with talking about yep.
2: it. And
1: you will always be
2: wrong. Hmm. We don't. We are human beings. Looking backwards, we can see how everything was wrong. Right. What everybody did wrong. Right. there's this that you know hindsight is 2020, 2020. Sure. Yep. Right, that's yep. a saying for a reason Right, B- but the present is messy
0: mm-hmm.
2: and we have to be willing to do the messy work and to do the human work and unless we're doing the hu- I mean, there's not really any other reason for us to be here
1: mm-hmm.
2: unless we're willing to do that mm-hmm. like our jobs you know we're all gonna die yep. mm-hmm. and your kids are gonna sell all your stuff and, you know, going with their lives. And so, what what are you, what are you doing this for? What's mm. the point? What's mm. the point? Yeah. Why does your time here matter? Right. We talk about right.
1: we have a finite amount of
2: time. That's right. And what are you trying to push for? Yep. For me, what I've always, you know, wanted was I grew up in a black church. Right? So, what I always want is liberation. Right? I'm living in a society that's fair. That is just where God sees me and you hmm. and makes no difference. Mm-hmm. Right? So how do we participate in that just world? We model that. Right. That's right. There it is. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Thank, Thank
0: you. you for the time. Okay. Okay. I was just saying while we were in transition that. It feels like we need to buffer, <laughs> almost processing time for me and you for these interviews, right? Like a whole I whole like,
1: another just episode. just to
0: receive what was said, <laughs> yeah. right, and then share it because, I mean, I'm I'm almost at a loss for words just taking it all in, and feel it feels almost unjust to just spit out first reactions. Although I think we should maybe make our best attempt to.
1: Yeah, I think fresh reactions. I like how you put that. Well, I mean, even so, Satana does this every day, every day in and day out. This is this is the life that she's chosen to live, and 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 yet and still, as she's talking to us to help educate us and our listeners, she is embodying the 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 hurt. Of a people, a community, mm-hmm. the frustration of a system, mm. the personal implications for her own family and her own history—like it's so real and visceral. So I, I guess my fresh reaction is that you can't make this academic, right? Right? You can't pull back and say this was entertaining or interesting right. to learn. Let me take some notes. Right.
0: It's not a box to check.
1: Yeah, and and I find that hopeful I as much as it feels weird to say after I just said all that it feels hopeful in that it hasn't become sterile Mm. you know we are this is so real and raw and that we can have this conversation this podcast can exist and we'll live in in the world with this level of content at this time in in this age it's this is a good thing because I believe that this will create an small impact and how she said small impact earlier but this is an important work and it needs to be it needs to be told
0: <sighs> yeah i think i probably two first reactions one is that she hit on that power of proximity which is something we talk about all the time yeah. There really is a brian stevenson term yeah right? that's who we got it from so it only feels appropriate that we weave that into this conversation most people will never spend time seeing the things that she's seen in a courtroom Right. Inc- including people of color. Like, it just doesn't... While it disproportionately affects a ton of people, that's still a lot of people that have no idea that's right. what this is like. And so my first question, what does it look like for me to get proximate to this issue? The second thing that I think she used that are really... In, unpacked for us in a really interesting way was the limitations of the one-to-one, like the saving Ooh, of the fish. that hit right? me too. I was like, like she, wow. She, this is from a woman who's doing, doing it. it who's amazing. saying...
1: It's inefficient. It, it's, it's ineffective.
0: Like, I'm realizing the same thing <laughs> that Brian realized is that like, this isn't going to mm. cause system-wide change and yet she still does it.
1: Yep. yep. And
0: yet, so she didn't say don't go see the movie yeah. or don't go see the Legacy Memorial.
1: Yeah.
0: But she's... Is this Tension between the both and it's not an either or for her. I really heard it of she's pressing in to change one life at a time, mm-hmm. while also recognizing the limitations of her work and the need for deeper level system level change. Yeah, and and that's more and complex. system level awareness, yes. which is what
1: she was saying that the movie does two things: it unpacks an individual experience an individual experience story. Yes, in a in to a to shed light on. That's right at scale.
0: Man, we just, this is what two hours of recording does, right? You start you finishing talk, each other's Because
1: yeah, right. <laughs> we're having the moment at the same time. It is. No, we're,
0: we're, we're hearing the same things. But that's 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 where I'm at right now. Those are my first reactions. I want to, I guess my show-up moment that I'm trying to ask myself is, what does it look like to get more proximate to this mm-hmm. same beyond here. the intellectual exercise that movies and books can be for me?
1: That's right. Same here. Yeah, so, I think so it's we're tired, tired, should, tired. Yeah, I, I mean,
0: it'll wear you out, right? I mean, we're worn out. Uh, <laughs> but, but I'm glad we did this because this is this is important stuff. It's timely. It's been timely. It hasn't. It not become relevant. This has been relevant. But I just feel like there there feels like a greater opportunity to raise awareness around this mm-hmm. than in past yeah. generations, maybe, or or maybe even in our. I don't know. I just sense a a generational shift towards a desire to know
1: yeah a desire to lean in and know are learning this they're wanting to know and they are having conversations out loud yes so we because we're in that middling group right uh, right you know we kind of move back and forth of it being comfortable and uncomfortable and we've got to just get comfortable with that level of discomfort if we're going to change things that's right that's right Thanks so much for listening to Just, a part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network in partnership with ReCity and Coastal Credit Union. In the spirit of sharing, if you like what you've heard, tell a friend about the show and give us a five-star rating and review. Many thanks to DJ p
0: Dog and producer Low Key for producing the music for our show. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.